Hello, world. I'm Roger Corville, and this is For the Hope's Daily Audio Bible, where we read through the scriptures conversationally, talk about the truth claims of Christianity, and learn to fall more in love with Jesus and the people in his world. You ready? Let's roll. Welcome. I've been studying the Holy Spirit a lot more this year. And if there ever was a key reminder about the role of the Spirit in our lives, today is the day. Good morning, afternoon, evening, wherever you happen to be, hopeful ones. Welcome to episode 1946 in our journey together. Great to be back behind the regular microphone and glad you're on this journey together, reading through every word of God's revelation of himself, which is his mind in print. And considering our own life and work stories in light of that, in today's New Testament segment, there is a change of subject, but there's also a change of tone here in 2 Corinthians. Paul's apostleship had been attacked, and today you're going to hear him begin the process of vigorously defending it. But if we look for principles that apply to all people at all times, and that's how we should, we also hear a reminder about where the real battle is, what we should do, and the purpose behind how we should do it. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Now I, Paul, myself, appeal to you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ, I who am humble among you in person, but bold toward you when absent. I beg you that when I am present, I will not need to be bold with the confidence by which I plan to challenge certain people who think we are living according to the flesh. For although we live in the flesh, we do not wage war according to the flesh, since the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but are powerful through God for the demolition of strongholds. We demolish Arguments and every proud thing that is raised up against the knowledge of God, and we take every thought captive to obey Christ. And we are ready to punish any disobedience once your obedience is complete. Look at what is obvious. If anyone is confident that he belongs to Christ, let him remind himself of this. Just as he belongs to Christ, so do we. For if I boast a little too much about our authority, which the Lord gave for building you up and not for tearing you down, I will not be put to shame. I do not want to seem as though I am trying to terrify you with my letters, for it is said, his letters are weighty and powerful, but his physical presence is weak and his public speaking amounts to nothing. Let such a person consider this. What we are in our letters, when we are absent, we will also be in our actions, in our actions when we are present. For we don't dare classify or compare ourselves with some who commend themselves, but in measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves to themselves, they lack understanding. We, however, will not boast beyond measure, but according to the measure of the area of ministry that God has assigned to us which reaches even to you. For we are not overextending ourselves as if we had not reached you, since we have come to you with the gospel of Christ. We are not boasting beyond measure about other people's labors. On the contrary, 
We have the hope that as your faith increases, our area of ministry will be greatly enlarged so that we may preach the gospel to the regions beyond you without boasting about what has already been done in someone else's area of ministry. So let the one who boasts boast in the Lord. For it is not the one commending himself who is approved, but the one the Lord commends. And that is 2 Corinthians 10, which we'll continue on tomorrow. But I'll just make one little note about the way that chapter ends. Who does the commending? Truly, in your church, those who are called, meaning those that are elders and deacons and pastors, should actually be those chosen by God, and it's the people that are confirming that, or I mean, listening to God, as opposed to it being people chosen and people led, if that makes sense. And I hope that you can see that choosing a pastor or or the kinds of things that go on that cause division in a church is a function of spiritual warfare, which of course is demonic, <laughs> which is the opposite of the true knowledge of God, right? We take every thought captive we, and we demolish arguments, which is demolishing demonic strongholds. But we'll come back to that tomorrow. <laughs> Turning to our Old Testament passage, today we wrap up a third round of oracles in the book of Isaiah. And you will recall that an oracle is divine revelation communicated through God's spokesperson, prophet, priest, or king, usually pronouncing blessing, instruction, or judgment. But all of what we're going to read today, chapters 24 through 27, is smack dab in the middle of a bigger picture, which is kind of chapters 7 through 39, which is that fundamental or foundational to all divine deliverance is trust in God. Not unlike the theme of what we were just reading, right? So the book of Isaiah makes it really clear that divine grace is the only means of salvation and the expression of salvation in our lives are lives of righteousness, which would be parallel to, of course, what we just were reading in 2 Corinthians 10. So today we hear eschatological material describing events in the distant future, both judgment on the world and God's grace by way of restoration of his people. And as I often do, so that you can hear the little chunks set apart more clearly, I'll give you the section header in my Bible, the CSB which of course isn't there in the original text. For example, we pick up in Isaiah 24, and that little superscription is the earth judged. Look, the Lord is stripping the earth bare and making it desolate. He will twist its surface and scatter its inhabitants, people and priest alike, servant and master, female servant and mistress, buyer and seller, lender and borrower, creditor and debtor. The earth will be stripped completely bare and will be totally plundered. For the Lord has spoken this message. The earth mourns and withers. The world wastes away and withers. The exalted people of the earth waste away. The earth is polluted by its inhabitants, for they have transgressed teachings, overstepped decrees, and broken the permanent covenant. Therefore a curse has consumed the earth, and its inhabitants have become guilty. The earth's inhabitants have been burned, and only a few survive. 
the new wine mourns, the vine withers, all the carousers now groan. The joyful tambourines have ceased, the noise of the jubilant has stopped, the joyful lyre has ceased. They no longer sing and drink wine, beer is bitter to those who drink it. The city of chaos is shattered, every house is closed to entry. In the streets they cry for wine, all joy grows dark, earth's rejoicing goes into exile. Only desolation remains in the city, its gate has collapsed in ruins. For this is how it will be on earth among the nations, like a harvested olive tree, like a gleaning after a grape harvest. They raise their voices, they sing out, they proclaim it in the west, the majesty of the Lord. Therefore, in the east, honor the Lord. In the coasts and islands of the west, honor the name of the Lord, the God of Israel. From the ends of the earth, we hear songs, the splendor of the righteous one. But I said, I waste away, I waste away, woe is me. The treacherous act treacherously, the treacherous deal very treacherously. Panic, pit, and trap await you who dwell on the earth. Whoever flees at the sound of panic will fall into a pit, and whoever escapes the pit will be caught in a trap. For the floodgates on high are opened, and the foundations of the earth are shaken. The earth is completely devastated. The earth is split open. The earth is violently shaken. The earth staggers like a drunkard and sways like a hut. Earth's rebellion weighs it down and it falls never to rise again. On that day, the Lord will punish the army of the heights in the heights and the kings of the ground on the ground. They will be gathered together like prisoners in a pit. They will be confined to a dungeon after many days they will be punished. The moon will be put to shame and the sun disgraced because the Lord of armies will reign as king on Mount Zion in Jerusalem and he will display his glory in the presence of his elders. Next section, salvation and judgment on that day. Lord, you are my God. I will exalt you. I will praise your name for you have accomplished wonders plans formed long ago with perfect faithfulness. For you have turned the city into a pile of rocks, a fortified city into ruins. The fortress of barbarians is no longer a city. It will never be rebuilt. Therefore, a strong people will honor you. The cities of violent nations will fear you. For you have been a stronghold for the poor person, a stronghold for the needy in distress a refuge from storms and a shade from heat. When the breath of the violent is like a storm against a wall, like heat in a dry land, you will subdue the uproar of barbarians. As the shade of a cloud cools the heat of day, so he will silence the song of the violent. On this mountain, the Lord of armies will prepare for all the peoples a feast of choice meat, a feast with aged wine, prime cuts of choice meat, fine vintage wine. On this mountain he will swallow up the burial shroud, the shroud over all the peoples, the sheet covering all the nations. And when he has swallowed up death once and for all, the Lord God will wipe away the tears from 
every face and remove his people's disgrace from the whole earth. For the Lord has spoken. On that day, it will be said, Look, this is our God. We have waited for him and he has saved us. This is the Lord. We have waited for him. Let's rejoice and be glad in his salvation, for the Lord's power will rest on this mountain. But Moab will be trampled in his place, as straw is trampled in a dung pile. He will spread out his arms in the middle of it, as a swimmer spreads out his arms to swim. His pride will be brought low, along with the trickery of his hands. A high-walled fortress will be brought down, thrown to the ground, to the dust." Next section, A Song of Judah. On that day, this song will be sung in the land of Judah. We have a strong city. Salvation is established as walls and ramparts. Open the gates so a righteous nation can come in, one that remains faithful. You will keep the mind that is dependent on you in perfect peace, for it is trusting in you. Trust in the Lord forever, because in the Lord, the Lord himself is an everlasting rock. For he has humbled those who live in lofty places, an inaccessible city. He brings it down. He brings it down to the ground. He throws it to the dust. Feet trample it. The feet of the humble. The steps of the poor. Next section, God's people vindicated. The path of the righteous is level. You clear a straight path for the righteous. Yes, Lord, we wait for you in the path of your judgments. Our desire is for your name and renown. I long for you in the night. Yes, my spirit within me diligently seeks you. For when your judgments are in the land, the inhabitants of the world will learn righteousness. But if the wicked man is shown favor, he does not learn righteousness. In a righteous land, he acts unjustly and does not see the majesty of the Lord. Lord, your hand is lifted up to take action, but they do not see it. Let them see your zeal for your people and be put to shame. Let fire consume your adversaries. Lord, you will establish peace for us. For you have also done all our work for us. Lord our God, lords other than you have owned us. But we remember your name alone. The dead do not live. Departed spirits do not rise up. Indeed, you have punished and destroyed them. You have wiped out all memory of them. You have added to the nation, Lord. You have added to the nation and you are honored. You have expanded all the borders of the land. Lord, they went up to you in their distress. They poured out whispered prayers because your discipline fell on them. As a pregnant woman about to give birth writhes and cries out in her pains, so we were before you, Lord. We became pregnant. We writhed in pain. We gave birth to wind. We have won no victories on earth, and earth's inhabitants have not fallen. Your dead will live. 
their bodies will rise. Awake and sing, you who dwell in the dust, for you will be covered with the morning dew and the earth will bring out the departed spirits. Go, my people, enter your rooms and close your doors behind you. Hide for a little while until the wrath has passed. For look, the Lord is coming from his place to punish the inhabitants of the earth for their iniquity. The earth will reveal the blood shed on it and will no longer conceal her slain. On that day, the Lord with his relentless large strong sword will bring judgment on Leviathan, the fleeing serpent, Leviathan the twisting serpent, and he will slay the monster that is in the sea. On that day, sing about a desirable vineyard. I am the Lord who watches over it to water it regularly so that no one disturbs it. I will watch over it night and day, and I am not angry. If only there were thorns and briars for me to battle, I would trample them and burn them to the ground, or let it take hold of my strength. Let it make peace with me. Make peace with me. In days to come, Jacob will take root. Israel will blossom and bloom and fill the whole world with fruit. Did the Lord strike Israel as he struck the one who struck Israel? Was Israel killed like those killed by the Lord? You disputed with Israel by banishing and driving her away. He removed her with his severe storm on the day of the east wind. Therefore, Jacob's iniquity will be atoned for in this way. And the result of the removal of his sin will be this. When he makes all the altar stones like crushed bits of chalk, no Asherah poles or incense altars will remain standing. For the fortified city will be desolate, pastures deserted and abandoned like a wilderness. Calves will graze there, and there they will spread out and strip its branches. When its branches dry out, they will be broken off. Women will come and make fires with them, for they are not a people with understanding. Therefore, their maker will not have compassion on them, and their creator will not be gracious on them. On that day, the Lord will thresh grain from the Euphrates River as far as the wadi of Egypt, and you Israelites will be gathered one by one. On that day, a great ram's horn will be blown, and those lost in the land of Assyria will come, as well as those dispersed in the land of Egypt, and they will worship the Lord at Jerusalem on the holy mountain. And my friends, that gets us up through chapter 27. We close today with a psalm. Psalm 65. And remember, God doesn't just want to save you so you go to heaven instead of hell. He promises a new heaven and a new earth, right? He redeems creation too. So pray this with me. Uh, what did I say? It should be Psalm 65. <laughs> Psalm 65 is uh, one about God's care for the earth. For the choir director, a Psalm of David, a song. Praise is rightfully yours, God. In Zion, vows to you will be fulfilled. All humanity will come to you, the one who hears prayer. Iniquities overwhelm me. Only you can atone for our rebellions. 
How happy is the one you choose and bring near to live in your courts. We will be satisfied with the goodness of your house, the holiness of your temple. You answer us in righteousness with awe-inspiring works, God of our salvation, the hope of all the ends of the earth and of the distant seas. You establish the mountains by your power. You are robed with strength. You silence the roars of the seas, the roar of their waves, and the tumult of the nations. Those who live far away are awed by your signs. You make east and west shout for joy. You visit the earth and water it abundantly, enriching it greatly. God's stream is filled with water. For you prepare the earth in this way, providing people with grain. You soften it with showers and bless its growth, soaking its furrows and leveling its ridges. You crown the year with your goodness. Your carts overflow with plenty. The wilderness pastures overflow, and the hills are robed with joy. The pastures are clothed with flocks, and the valleys covered with grain. They shout in triumph. Indeed, they sing. Lord God, I thank you for that. I thank you that the hills will again shout in triumph and sing. Lord, salvation comes from you, and I pray, Lord, that you would help us to remember that all good things are from you, including our very lives. I love you, my friends. Amen. Amen.